A bunch of Braves are headed to the All-Star game, but first, it's the biggest series of the season. Should be really good. Definitely pumped to, to see what the crowd will be like and hopefully some exciting games. This is the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano from Truist Park and Justin, we knew the Braves were better than what they were a couple of months ago, but I did not expect when the Mets were making their first trip to Atlanta that first place would be on the line. Yeah, the Braves with a walk-off win over the Nationals and the Mets with a 2-0 loss to the Marlins. That margin is one and a half games, so the Braves could send the Mets home with you know second place in this one. You know, Brian Snicker said you don't clinch the division this week. There's a lot of baseball to be played, but that's absolutely remarkable. When you look at June 1st, uh, the Braves were 10 and a half back of the Mets. And Ian Anderson said after the game that the Braves obviously have had a lot of practice and they're comfortable playing from behind in the race, but to have cut into it so big so soon is remarkable. And uh, I have a feeling we're just getting started with the race between these two, considering they've got, as we speak now, 15 games left this season. All right, coming up, we will set up this series between the NL East heavyweights, and we'll also look at how Atlanta ran through the Cardinals and the Nationals. Plus, you'll hear from some of the Braves heading to the All-Star game, and, of course, we've got the Ask Justin segment. If you're hearing us for the first time, please don't forget to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, first things first here, um, that rather lengthy uh, Sunday afternoon game that we got did give us, at least to me, a brand-new baseball brain teaser. And the question is, how do you get two outs on the first pitch of an inning? Yeah, you uh, you intentionally walk a guy after the ninth inning, and then you roll a double play ball on your first pitch. That uh, That's what Colin McHugh did there in extra innings. And I'm just I was just more stumped, like, when you said that, I was thinking of what could it be, but I was just more stumped by the fact that we played the top of the 10th, the bottom of the 10th, the top of the 11th, the bottom of the 11th, and the top of the 12th before somebody scored with the runners starting on second. When do you, when do you ever <laughs> see that? The, the knock on this is, well, there's just you know cheap runs and the runner starts on second and it can go from a 1-0, 1-1 game to 5-4 to 7-6, you know, and 8-6. Nobody scored. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in any one of these extra inning games that I've covered. Maybe it's recency bias, but for somebody to not score in, you know, three of those innings, that's crazy when a runner starts at second. On, on a scale of one to ten, what is your enthusiasm now for um, the, the Manfred runner at second base? Uh, I mean, still down at like a three. I mean, I just think it's <laughs> like, I just think it's just, you know, when you've got a good game, granted, this one, you know, was was your typical Sunday baseball game. But when you've got, you know, one of those good games like Dodgers, Braves, uh, or Braves, Cardinals that we had this week, and it's 1-1 or 2-2, both teams have played well. They're trading blows. It might be 5-5. It You don't – a runner shouldn't start on second. That just cheapens the outcome a little bit. 
Um, and it adds an extra wrinkle strategy, honestly. Like you've got to find a way to limit it to a run, you know, because if you get multiples or maybe, on, you know, if you're on the road, you've got to score two runs. Uh, I don't know. Like it's just it's just kind of cheap. But I just think it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too sold on it, especially because it was brutal seeing, you know, these teams not get the, the runners in. So, yeah, make a manufacturer run. I mean, I guess we would have been might have, you know, still been playing. But holy smokes. Well, one thing we can all agree on is one a week for the Braves again. Uh, they they were this close to having back-to-back sweeps, handling the Cardinals, and then dominating the lowly Nationals. You got to get big hits, and you got to get big outs, and and um, yeah, you know it's it's hard. It's hard to win a major league game. It's not easy to win a big league game against anybody. So we just got you know we got to keep doing what we're doing. That's Brian Snicker after Sunday's sweep, and this team is not perfect, but it is hard to be critical right now. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I mean, you look at the last this last huge stretch, 29 and 8 in their last 37 games. They had the 14 game winning streak. And here's what's impressive to me is during that 14 game winning streak, you and I mentioned it as a footnote, but a lot of the people who will be cheering for the team in blue and orange tomorrow were talking a lot about how the Braves are playing the A's and the Pirates and the Nationals. And then, you know, it was it was a soft schedule and yada yada yada. Well, the team that's coming here tomorrow just lost, you know, split a four-game series with the Marlins. Did not look very good in that series. Um, struggled a little bit with the Rangers. Is not playing their best baseball. So the thing that surprised, you know, that that impresses me about the Braves is that they've still beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on, and they're beating good teams. They took three or four from a Cardinals team that will be competing to win the NL Central. They played the Dodgers tough and were a strike away from winning that series. You know, a fluky play away from winning that series. Um, They took three or four from the Giants. And what's most impressive is that they looked clearly better than the Giants and the Cardinals. Like those series, those two series did not look particularly close. Um, And so I think we're really seeing this team look like the team that we expected it to be. And another one of the points that I think is important to make is, sure, during that 14-game winning streak, you know, the first two games in Washington, this team hit 10 home runs combined in those first two games in dc um the numbers during that streak were just insane the offensive number everything was clicking now you've got you know it's it's not they've cooled down a little bit but they're still winning games and they're winning in different ways they're winning with complete performances some verse some days it's the offense some days it's the pitching staff um today was a little bit of everything i i think they're winning games in so many different ways and it's not like they're extremely hot they just look like a really good sound team the only kind of individual in the rotation that, that that you do feel like it's it's almost impossible to have all five guys clicking at the same time but but Ian Anderson has been somewhat subpar especially coming off everything he did in the playoffs but a decent outing on Sunday he's doing some work I mean he's working on his delivery and making adjustments and the last two have been huge um you know kind of taking some really good steps forward in the end you know I was seeing and even in the middle um, middle innings, his velocity was really good. Good separation with his change. I think it's, he threw some better curveballs. Um, you know, so I think he's headed in the right direction. Got his ERA below five now for the season after two decent starts following the, that horrible outing against the, the Phillies where he gave up seven runs. What have you seen in the last couple of outings? Yeah, yeah, I think he's been better, a little more in control today. A lot of first pitch strikes. For him, he wasn't falling behind guys. He was attacking when he's letting his stuff play up there. I think it works. And he's got to, like, he's been fiddling with the curveball grip is what he said after the game. And, and he's got to, 
keep throwing that because when you only have, you know, the fastball and the changeup, if you stick to those two, major league hitters are, are going to time those things up. And I think, I think what I've seen from him is just, he's just a little more in control. He's not letting things spiral. Um, he's still the Ian Anderson. We know it's like, he's going to, if he gets into trouble, he's going to kind of calm down and he's gotten, you know, out of some jams, but really like he pitched better than his line would indicate today. He just got burned for two walks to end his outing because Dylan Lee, you know, ran into a, a bat, uh, you know, and Lane Thomas hit a three run home run. So really without that, Ian Anderson, you know, has a scoreless outing or maybe even gives up just a run, um, an earned run. But yeah, I think, you know, in the last one, five innings of one run baseball against the Cardinals and he had a lot of guys on base, but really didn't fold. And that's like classic Ian Anderson, the ability to get out of things and to calm down and then to set him, reset himself. He just looks more, you know, a little more in control and just a little more commanding out there. That Philly start was guys were just on his fastball and it was, yeah, it was one after the other. I don't think he's he's not quite that bad. A lot of people are concerned about him. But look, this is a guy, especially with the way your rotation is and the fact that no five guys are going to be clicking, as you said, at one time, you let him pitch through it. And I think he's going to be fine. He's still only 24 years old. I just think we forget about that because he's had so much postseason experience because he has pitched in so many big games for this team to this point in his young career. But I just think he's just a little more in command and control. You can tell he's messing with his delivery a little bit and working on some things. And it's just, you know, always that cat and mouse game to find those adjustments. All right, now let's dig into the good news the Braves got about the All-Star game. And they're going to need a big plane to take everybody to L.A. next week. Yeah, five guys. I think it was, what, 2011's last time we had five guys? No, it's good. I'm, I'm proud and happy for all the guys that made it. Brian Snitker, of course, will be the manager there. His staff's going with him. And five players – First time, of course, since 2011, and leading that group is the leading vote-getter in the National League, Ronald Acuna. Uh, extremely excited. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, I just want to thank God for this opportunity. And then, secondly, I just want to thank the fans and everyone who went out there to support and voted for me. Um, I just want you to know that I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think is he's – it's a classic case of, like, the popularity contest with Ronald, right? I mean, you can see how much this guy transcends baseball and kind of, like, even off the field, like pop culture and having the swagger and the flash and things like that. He puts baseball in a better spot because of what he does with those things. In addition to being a five tool player, because he does command so much attention with the way he plays. It's good because baseball has to be able to market young stars like that. But I think, you know, it's, he was the leading vote getter. He's been playing, you know, he's an important part of this team, but right now it's like, you look at, you know, two batting 274, 802 OPS, there's definitely, you know, he definitely deserves to go in the sense of like, it should be for the fans. And Ronald Acuna is one of the game's best players and he's electrifying and fans love to watch him, obviously, because he was the leading vote getter. But I do think that there are some all-star snubs who are probably looking at somebody like Acuna who has missed some time with three nagging injuries, didn't come back until the end of April and, you know, hasn't maybe played like you'd expect Ronald Acuna to play the whole time up here and maybe looking at him uh, and wondering why he got it for sure. Cause I think, I think that's fair to note. No doubt about Dansby Swanson going for the first time. It's obviously a tremendous honor. Um, something you, uh, you definitely work for, um, you know, you know, your whole life. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very appreciative and thankful. Uh, very blessed to be in this position. Yeah. I, I think one of the guys with double digit home runs on this team, you look at him now He's been known as a streaky hitter throughout his career. The streaks have just never lasted this long in terms of the hot streaks. He's been toured for months. Um, he's batting 302, 848 OPS. He's got over 10 home runs. He's got like 50 RBIs. 
And then you look at the defensive player he is. He's, you know, and he's got the war, like better war than Trey Turner, who's starting at that position, you know, more wins above replacement. And I think like you look at the all around player and it really makes sense. Dansby, there was no doubt about him. Glad he was voted in as, you know, as a reserve, which those are voted in, you know, with the player ballot and commissioner's office selections. But he definitely deserves that because I know Trey Turner got the starting nod based on the fan vote, but and Trey Turner's a great player, but Dansby Swanson is having an incredible year, and it, it would have been a travesty to not see him make the All-Star team. He was about as much of a lock as you could get. And an incredible rarity, the Braves have two catchers going, including Travis Darno. I think it may, what makes it special is it's in my hometown where I grew up uh, learning the game of baseball. Um, I, it's going to be cool. It's, it's special, and I'm, I'm very thankful um, from from not only the fans but from my peers who who think I'm a, a good player. You look at Travis Darno. You go back to three years ago when he was DFA'd by the Mets and what happened there, and then just the tough start to the season for him, and to get DFA'd. Then he plays for the Dodgers. Then he plays for the Rays. Then he finds himself here um, in Atlanta and really has found new life. He was one of those guys that was going to feature some offense and didn't really show it to that point in his his career, you know, back in 2019. Now he's completely found it. He's won a Silver Slugger award here. He's won a World Series. Now he's got his first All-Star nod. And it's it's kind of one of those feel-good stories for him because he's done so much for this organization, so much for this club. And now being a mentoring, you know, presence for William Contreras is great. But Travis Darno is one of those feel-good All-Star nods that, you know, a guy who really deserves it, who's really worked hard and who's really been through the ringer to get here. And William Contreras will get to replace Bryce Harper as the starting designated hitter, joining his brother Wilson on the team. It's incredible. I mean, it really is. It's, that's one thing that I don't think we've ever really talked about. You know, it's always, it's a, it is a dream come true, and I think it's something that we've always dreamed about, but something that just, it's crazy that it's happening. And, um, you know, I'm really happy. I'm excited. And uh, I'm just, I I'm, I'm, can't wait for the day. I'm counting the minutes. What do you think it's going to be like for your parents to see both of you guys on that stage together? Incredible. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how they're going to be feeling knowing how excited I am. Um, you know, if I'm at a loss for words, I can't even begin to think how they're going to be feeling. So um, it's going to be something incredible for them to be able to watch both of their kids together out there. little rare there. I mean, Contreras, so the Contreras brothers, William and Wilson, uh, who's also, you know, Wilson's the starting catcher for the Cubs. They're going to be the first brothers to appear in the All-Star game since Aaron and Brett Boone in 2003, and the first brothers on the same team in the game since the Alomar brothers in 1998. And they're going to be the first brothers to start the game alongside one another since those Alomar brothers in 1992. So the funny thing, though, is like Travis Darno mentioned a good point uh, about William Contreras. Is really the story of Contreras' season has been that he wasn't even supposed to be up here. And if he was up here, he wasn't even supposed to have the number of at-bats to qualify for such a thing and for him to not only get the time up here and then to get the number of at-bats and to take advantage of them in such a way that he earns an all-star nod the first of his career at 24 years old uh is incredible that's that's a great story the advocate who just has kept working and working and working and now you're you know you're seeing the talent and the pop in his bat play you know the braves knew it was there but you're seeing it play you know, probably at a much higher level than was expected early. I mean, I don't think anybody expected this from William Contreras this year. And finally, Max Fried makes it for the first time. He had already left before you could get uh, your microphone in front of him, but uh, now a candidate to start. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, he's got a two five two ERA as we speak. He'll start on Monday against the Mets. Against it'll be the battle of the Maxes, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But he's got a two five two ERA through 17 starts. The Braves have won 
the last nine games that he started. And I think, you know, it's been he's allowed two or fewer runs, 13 of his last 15 starts or something, you know, crazy like that. He's really pitching like an ace. And I think I'm trying to not repeat the line that I'm pretty sure I've said three times on this podcast in the last month. I have a very high standard for aces, and right now Max Freed is is pitching like one of baseball's aces, and he he's got to be in the conversation. I would think with Sandy Alcantara of Miami, but I, I think you know and others, but he's really got to be in the conversation. Certainly, something that's special for him being a hometown kid, uh, an LA kid, grew up there, and, and so yeah, I mean that's that's really special for you know he and Darno are the hometown kids that are going there. I guess the uh, the biggest snub. Kind of snub, sort of snub on this team is Austin Riley. Yeah, hundred percent. You look at the twenty-three bombs, uh, rank second, I believe, in the NL, and then he's got you know an OPS that ranks fourth. Uh, he's got a slugging percentage that ranks third. You know, he yeah, like I said, he's got the home runs, he's got the big hits. The average isn't where you might like it to be, but the OPS certainly to me makes makes up for that. Considering the OPS is you know now his average is two eighty two, but the OPS is nine oh eight, and I think. It's tough, right? Because Manny Machado is having a monster season. And then behind him, you've got another big name, Nolan Arenado. And Austin Riley's not really that player that plays with a lot of flash. Uh, he's not a Ronald Bakuni. He's not a Jazz Chisholm. Like he not, he's not, you know, he's not a huge personality in terms of that way. He goes out, he does his work, you know, and, and he does it well. And and that's okay. Like he's stuck to himself and stayed true to himself. And I don't know if that's a detriment, you know, in, in fan voting, but it's certainly a snub. The good news for Braves fans and for Riley is that alternates can be selected. And so, you know, if somebody can't go, I would think Austin Riley is going to be a top candidate to replace them on that roster. I mean, I guess Austin Riley, you know, definitely the biggest Braves snub. You could list Kenley Jansen. You could list Kyle Wright. But Austin Riley, I think, is is a guy I look at. And I'm not sure there are five better first base or third baseman in the NL uh, than Austin Riley that I would take on a day-to-day basis. And maybe that's because I watch him every day. But he does, you know, not only is he a great hitter, but he just does everything so well. And he's improved on, you know, defensively by leaps and bounds to my eyes. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger, and I dropped a good 50 bucks yesterday paying for gas. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier out there to fill up your tank. So here's one thing that will help, and that is becoming a Kroger Boost member. Now, Kroger Boost members get free deliveries on groceries, which is great, and more savings on other things too. But the thing you can probably use the most right now is double fuel points. So you'll get two fuel points for every dollar you spend on groceries and general merchandise at Kroger. So that allows you to save more money, more often when you get gas at your local Kroger store. You get all this for as little as 59 bucks a year, so go to Kroger.com slash boost to enroll. That is Kroger.com slash boost. All right, now let's start talking about the Mets. And when you go back to that first series in early May, that was a four-game split. The Braves net left New York down four and a half games to the Mets. Of course, New York pushed it up to ten and a half to start June. And one of the few things that was going right at that time was Kyle Wright, who said, nobody panicked. You know, I, I don't think I just don't think we're ever worried about it too much. Um, obviously, anytime you see a ten, you're ten games back, it's like, ooh. But at the same time, I feel like we knew we weren't playing very good baseball, so we felt like, you know, whenever we can kind of flip the switch, that 
we were going to be back in, uh, back in, I guess, more of a contention, if you will. So um, I, I don't think we ever really panicked. Um, I think, you know, just kind of clean some things up and uh, kind of knock some rust off and just start playing a little bit better baseball. Yeah, is that, this is pretty much probably what you guys expected to be then, which you've been pretty recently. Yeah, you know, we have very high expectations for ourselves. Like I said, every time we, we take the field, I feel like we expect to win. Now, Sinead reminds everybody, it's only July. We're not going to clinch the division this week, so there's a long way to go. We've got another half. Um, we're playing good baseball. It's going you know, to be a good series. But this is big boy baseball on Monday. Oh, yeah. You've got the heavy hitters coming out, to use a cliche. We should probably call it the heavy pitchers, though. I mean, you've got the battle of the Maxes on Monday night, Max Freed going against Max Scherzer. And, oh, by the way, you know, the Mets – have had injuries and tinkered with the rotation a bit in the order. But if you want to know what this series means to them, Max Scherzer folks was supposed to start on Sunday against the Marlins and he was pushed back, you know, held back a day to face the Braves in Atlanta. So this is going to be a huge game, a huge series. You've really got two of the best teams in the national league. And the thing that strikes me is it really seems like the Mets as woes with runners in scoring position have returned. Uh, the ones we saw last year, they haven't hit it as good of a clip as they have, you know, as they did to start the season. And they're still missing Jacob DeGrom. You know, they're still, you know, the rotations dropped off a little bit. The bullpen, you know, doesn't look as good. I think the Braves have some advantages here, especially because the Braves are playing well offensively. They're pitching well. Their rotation's been incredible. The bullpen's been pretty good. You know, even without Kenley Jansen, the bullpen has been great for them. And their depth has really shown in, in all facets. And I just think, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know, two great teams. You when you know, if you're the Mets, you can silence everybody with two wins in Atlanta, you know, at least temporarily. And if you're the Braves, you know, if you, you know, sweep this thing, you come out of here and you you're in sole, you know, possession of first place. Uh, so I think there's a lot on the line here, even if the all-star break isn't here yet, even if there are months to play after this, even if these teams will play three more series after this. There's a lot to play for so far, and I think um, it, it's going to be interesting. Certainly, like the baseball world is going to be fascinated by it, and it's going to be the best of the best here. Think the Braves are better now? Right now, I think the Braves are better. Yeah, I, right now I do. Um, and I said, and I like objectively, I just and I said a lot of times on this podcast, even the one I, we did in Milwaukee when you know we're going to uh, or not even Milwaukee but Texas when New York was the next trip. Like I said, right then the Mets were better, and they were. Now the Braves are better. They look like they have a better bullpen. The lineup looks a lot better. The Mets won't have Jeff McNeil, by the way. He's going to be on the paternity list, so they're probably not going to have him for this entire series. That's a big loss for the Mets lineup. Starling Marte is day-to-day because he suffered an injury. James McCann, who wasn't hitting well to begin with, is now on the IL again. The Mets are banged up. They're trying to get through. I think, honestly, I think the Braves' rotation is, is probably pitching just about as good as you know you could have hoped. And I think their lineup's better. And I think the bullpen's better. Like, other than Edwin Diaz, I think the Braves' bullpen is better than the Mets' bullpen. I, I just think there's a lot of depth there. And, um, yeah, and look, you can't argue with 29-8 and eight, uh, in your last 37 games and and some a lot of, you know, decent chunk of that against good teams, you know, decent teams. And I think, um, yeah, right now I think the Braves are better. Braves 29-8, and eight, but... It's not like the Mets have completely fallen off the wagon. I mean, they're still playing above 500 balls since June 1st, 19 and, and 16. But but what has been the difference in Mets post-June 1 as opposed to uh, April to June? Yeah, I think you heard a lot about the Mets April to June were really just like this team that would pull a game 
out of their rear ends, uh, for lack of a better term. They were hitting really well with runners in scoring position, and it seems like that has tapered off a little bit. The offense hasn't been as good. The injuries have you know caught up to them a little bit. And really, I think what you're seeing right now or what you're hearing out of New York is that other than Pete Alonso, they don't have a lot of power in that lineup. And that is something that the Braves do not lack. The Braves are no, second in baseball in home runs. And if the Yankees go cold for a series, the Braves might become first in baseball in home runs, you know, and, and eventually in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I think the Braves don't lack any power. And I think out of New York, you're hearing a lot of concerns about the lack of power in that lineup and they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. And, you know, and just the average exit velocity and where it's been for them and numbers really seem to have leveled off. Uh, and I think there's a lot of concern with that bullpen, like Seth Lugo and, you know, and it's like Adam Ottavino, like it, it, the Mets look like they had a good bullpen, but I think the depth hasn't quite been there like it has with other bullpens in the league. And I think the Braves can really take advantage of that. But. With that being said, you know, the Mets are like the Dodgers. They're, you know, like other good teams, you know, the Padres, like other good teams the Braves have played this year. It's going to be a hard-fought series, but I do think that the Mets' offense, like, just has has leveled off since then. It's like Maybe it's regressed below the mean, but the impressive thing is, like, what you said, they're still hovering. Like, they had a bad West Coast trip and still had a you know, came out with a winning record on a West Coast trip in the middle, you know, in, in early June. So, like, I think they're better than they've been for sure. And I don't think anybody should be riding off the Mets like they're the 2021 Mets. But I don't think they're in as good of a spot as the Braves are right now. And I think we're going to – I really think the Braves are going to have a good series here. But who knows? Pitching matchups, as we mentioned, the Battle of the Maxes tomorrow. Exactly. Pitching matchups, as we mentioned, the Battle of the Maxes on Monday. Freed against Scherzer. Tuesday, Spencer Strider who's been hot as wildfire takes on David Peterson, and then Charlie Morton will get Chris Bassett. And we have a trade alert uh, to bring you. Braves get Robinson Cano to face his ex-team for cash. Is he going to be on the roster by Monday? Oh, man, who knows? I mean, when you look at this thing, Phil Gosselin's mainly been used as a spot start guy, you know, some starts here and there to fill in for Orlando Arcia and then a pinch runner. He's not really even used as a defensive replacement because he's not a great defender. Robbie Cano might present the Braves with a better bat than Goslin, and the Braves might be able to use Heredia as a pinch runner, which means that, you know, and it's another veteran presence. They're not going to be paying him a lot. He's on a minor league deal, so it's a minor league transaction. The Mets are, you know, funny enough, ironically, the Mets are paying basically his whole salary, and because they dumped him, DFA'd him during the roster crunch. I think, um, it's yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think he he certainly could be, especially because Phil Goslin hasn't really given them anything. But he has had a few hits in. He's got six hits and twenty three at bats, so it's pretty limited time, and he's been all right in that limited time. But yeah, Robbie Cano's a veteran presence, a guy who whose career has been you know derailed by choices he's made. You know, tested positive twice for PEDs, was suspended the whole twenty twenty one season, hasn't rediscovered. It has actually looked pretty bad this year at the major league level, but. Who knows what he could do if, you know, he's got some extended time. The Braves are without Ozzy Albies. If they decide to eventually go to Cano, whether that's tomorrow or another day or, you know, as, as a guy on the bench, like, or a veteran presence, you know, it, it, it could be good for them. I mean, he's known to be a pretty good clubhouse guy by all accounts, you know, most accounts coming out of New York. And I think that's that's the perfect chemistry move of a veteran that Alex Anthopoulos has used to to kind of help his clubhouse, not saying the Braves need any help in that regard, but he, he could he could help them eventually, whether that's tomorrow or in the future. Braves have had some good news on the injury front over the past week, getting Eddie Rosario and Tyler Matzik back. What would you think of their returns? Yeah, Rosario, yeah, really good. I know he hasn't found it yet at the plate, but he has homered. 
um, and has helped them win a game. Tyler Matzik's been really good. One and two-thirds scoreless today. He pitched two innings the other day. And really, like he said, the first thing he was looking for in his return, his first outing was like trying to feel for pain. Like, is there going to be any pain? He was really concerned, like trying to just feel out like if he was going to, his arm was going to hurt. And so the second outing, he felt a little freer, pitched a little better against the Cardinals. This outing, you know, he's he looked good. One and two thirds scoreless really helped the help the Braves, you know, keep the Nationals off the board while the Braves are trying to come back. So yeah, it, it, good good news on all fronts, especially because without Adam Duvall, who's been on the paternity list, um, and he hasn't hit great. Like Eddie Rosario can provide the Braves with another great you know option in left field. So I, I think it's really really encouraging news. And the other encouraging bit of news is Kenley Jansen, who has been on the injured list with an irregular heartbeat, is expected to be able to be ready to come off. The injured list when he's eligible on July 12th, which is Tuesday, whether he does or not remains a question. We'll see. I don't know if the Braves would consider, you know, just keeping him on. They feel he'll actually be ready. But it it seems like all signs indicate to him, you know, this being a pretty short injured list. And so him being ready for them, too. And they've done a really good job without him. All right, before we get to Ask Justin, we really do want to thank everybody for taking time to listen to this podcast, which obviously means you're a fan of the Braves. And if you're not subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, well, you can't get everything that that Justin writes. You can't get all of our Braves coverage. You can't get all of our columnist opinions and analysis. But we do have a special offer for you. We call it our season pass, and you get half off our regular offer. Unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $39.99 for the next eight months. That's $125 a week. If you want to join the community, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass so you always know what's really going on. And to show you how skilled Justin is at multitasking, while I was reading that promo, he was chipping away at his cell phone to try to get some work done in the 30 seconds that it took me to read that. So that is the kind of dedication that your beat reporter has to this job. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, your beat reporter. Uh, yeah, I've been here for about 12 hours now, 11 hours. It's been a long day, but no, this is a great job. We can't do it without subscribers. Thank you, Jay, for always reading that promo, but thank you, everybody who has subscribed. If you have not, I don't think you'll regret your decision to do so, especially at that price, especially if you like our work. It'll pay itself off very, very quickly. Plus, you know, and if you listen to the podcast, you just get to hang out with a couple of cool dudes for like an hour, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, ask Justin. We take your questions on Twitter every Sunday. At- Uh-oh. Justin C. Toscano. Yeah, what do we got this week? I mean, I feel like the people are extra riled up, extra hyped for that Mets series. I'm sensing a little more silliness in this one, though. Are we? Did we get some of those? I mean, no, we kind of played it straight. Uh, wow. There's a lot of ball to talk about. See, so yeah, nice. we, we kind of played this one straight. Uh, first question is from Jace Glass. Okay. Do we, the Braves, have the division lead going into the All Star game? I'm going to go bold and say yes, because I have said this for the last week and a half. I think the Braves thumped the Mets this week. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a homer because this is the same guy who said the Mets were better two months ago and the same guy who told you that, you know, the Mets might win the division and that they were the favorites two weeks ago, even. Right now, though, I feel like the Braves are going to thump the Mets. Uh, and then, and then here's, here's, here's why, though, Jay. Here's why. The Braves play four games in D.C. heading into the All-Star break. The Mets go and play the Cubs heading into the All-Star break. The Cubs are just a little bit better, and they've got Marcus Stroman back, I believe. So, I mean, the Braves have really a chance to roll. If they roll through the Mets, I think they're going to roll to the All-Star break. The Nationals may not beat the Braves again this season. The Nationals, yeah, it's going to be... 
it, like, let's just say it like this. If you live, if you live in DC, I hope you like politics and not sports. <laughs> we have a politics podcast for you. That's about Georgia politics, but you can listen to politically Georgia uh, from the Atlanta journal constitution. Meanwhile, uh, from Brandon Hanby, is Acuna healthy or is he just timid? Something seems off. Yeah. His timing seems a little bit off. Uh, he doesn't really seem like himself. I, all signs point to him being healthy. And I know he fouled that ball off his foot the other night, but he was in the lineup the next day. He hasn't missed a game since the original bruised foot. I just have a feeling that, especially with the rain and the conditions and everything and the weather, if he were not healthy, we would know it. He would not be in the lineup. They've been extremely cautious with him to this point. I think it's more like just finding his rhythm and things like that. He hasn't, you're right. He hasn't looked like himself. Um, the play in right field was weird in Saturday's game at the end of the game, but I think he's fine. All right, we got two trade deadline questions for you. All right. One from John Wick. What do you see the Braves doing at the trade deadline? I feel like another bullpen arm is a priority. And then from at Ronald S-C-H-I-T-T-13, would it make sense for the Braves to trade for a starter or reliever or both just to keep them away from another playoff team? Yeah, not to not to keep them away from another playoff team, I don't think. I'm not sure if they think like that. But what I see the Braves doing is I could see definitely a back-end starter or like a dependable veteran starter, like some guy who's proven – but maybe not an impact guy, something they can get and kind of, you know, like Alex Anthopoulos is very slick with those moves. And heck, the, the guy got, you know, Jesse Chavez for Sean Newcomb for Christ's sakes. But um, yeah. but I, I could see another bullpen arm too, for sure, because I think like Darren O'Day has been good. Uh, Jackson Stevens has been good. They've really actually pitched well, but I think another bullpen arm would strengthen that group. And I think you need, you know, another depth starter just to be sure um, they could use one maybe get another proven guy in there. But with that being said, like they do have five starters. You're not going to take Ian Anderson out of the rotation, or at least it doesn't look like it. Spencer Strider's pitched too well to be removed from the rotation. That would be a surprise. So I don't know where they're going to have spots to put all these guys. And you'd have to look at the 26-man roster fit eventually with Mike Soroka coming back and Kirby Yates, you would think. And then right now, you know, in the short term, Kenley Jansen. But I could see another starting pitcher, another bullpen arm, and maybe even like an infielder, somebody who, you know, is as good as Orlando Arcia or even, you know, maybe even a little better, another infielder to hold them down uh, until Ozzy Alves is back. From Christopher Keller, with Harris seemingly being in the show to stay, what do you see happening with Waters? Trade chip at the uh, deadline? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I think maybe you let him sit in the you know you don't trade him just yet maybe you let him build some value um and see where you're at next year and that's just my gut feeling is that maybe they can still use him especially with you know guys like adam duvall and eddie rosario they're going to be on your team forever are they you know whatever it might be like you're going to need eventually like is guillermo heredia going to be you know a backup outfielder forever like i think i think eventually drew waters might have a spot or might be able to play his way into it but i know they don't really Think about that short term until he plays his way there until they have a need. And right now they don't. So I guess he could be a trade ship of the value just with how his season's been. I don't think it's like super would be like super high. And I don't know if it's worth, you know, trading him to get, you know, even like a back end starter right now because he has shown promise. From Kit, Soroka update. Pretty please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Soroka actually suffered a setback, a uh, minor setback this week or, you know, probably last weekend by now when he was hitting in the knee with a comebacker. So they've kind of like they had just like shut him down a little bit. They just want to rest it and, you know, be cautious with him. It'll delay him a little bit. 
but it doesn't seem like something that's serious, or at least that's what I was told. It's it's pretty, you know, something that's pretty minor, but they're just being extra cautious with him. And, and you can see why and probably know why. But yeah, he'll be a little delayed. So it seems like August might be the best case scenario uh, right now. All right, last one comes from Stones. Sorry, Stones, I'm probably going to butcher your last name, but Stones Musakiwa. Strider in the bullpen for the playoffs, question mark. Ooh, that could be interesting. Yeah, I think he could be a really good two-inning option or like three-inning option or even like an opener if they ever needed one or a chunk guy, like especially because he's been so good. But what if he pitches super well and is clearly one of – I mean, I don't know. You need three starters in the rotation. You would think they'd be Max Freed, you know, at least three starters. You'd think they'd be Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, uh, and then I guess like Ian Anderson. Strider, to me, with the velocity and the stuff, is a really dangerous weapon out of the bullpen in the playoffs. And that seems to me like – really really logical but if he shows you that he's like your third best starter by the end of the season that's going to be tough who knows all right let's uh, wrap things up here with winners of the week Ooh, yeah my winner of the week is tarps because <laughs> tarps really got put Not right. you know yeah sometimes tarps they sit on the side they sit you know sometimes they don't take center stage well, this weekend, uh, this week, they really took center stage. You had delays on Monday. Then you had one in the bottom of the eighth on Friday. You've got the tarp sitting on the field as I sit here at Truist Park right now. There's been a lot of rain here in Georgia. We love this great state, but tarps are really getting the center stage right now. I've got a couple. Um, Spencer Strider, last three outings, 18 innings, one earned, 30 strikeouts, three walks. And the Contreras brothers, um, Congratulations to the Contreras parents, uh, Wilson and William, as we've already mentioned. Fifth set of brothers to ever start in the All-Star game. The last we mentioned was the Alomars in 92. Also on that list is Joe and Dom DiMaggio in 1949. So if you can put your name on the list with those two, congratulations to the Contreras. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, all these really Braves All-Star selections are a great story. Even, you know, going to Acuna, who's going to be playing and couldn't play last year when he was having an MVP season and got hurt. So it's... uh. And we could see more. Um, and Brian, yeah, Brian Sicker is going to have a lot of familiar faces there in that L.A. dugout. And we do want to congratulate this week's Braves Youth Baseball and Youth Softball Coaches of the Week. They're Dustin Rutledge from Sonoy, who coaches baseball in the Sonoy Athletics Association, and Jackie Felker Bremen, who coaches at All Sports Fusion Fast Pitch Softball. Check out this week's nominees and cast your vote at AJC.com slash Braves Coaches of the Week, which is brought to you by the Atlanta Braves and your local Kroger store. So that'll wrap it up here. Justin, we will see you next week as we get ready for the All-Star Game. Heck yeah. See you guys next week. Uh, yeah, let's watch a fun series in the next few days. This will be good. Don't forget to please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. That is what helps us grow this show. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And join us next Monday for the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers. So we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.